When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm Tracy Barnett, your host and narrator. Heroes, we have the start of a brand new series for you today. The game is Havoc Brigade by Grant Howitt, and we have a new game master with an all-new crew. Dylan is the co-host of the Kill Every Monster podcast along with Aram Vardian, and he brings an amazing, amazing energy to Havoc Brigade. I'm extremely excited that he wanted to run this series for us, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So, without any further ado, let's get to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to One Shot. That's a weird thing to get to say out loud. My name is Dylan. I am a physicist from Canada, and I am your GM today. And we're going to be playing Havoc Brigade by Grant Howitt. So we're going to go around the table real quick. Everybody, if you can just introduce yourself, tell people where to find you. Wally, let's start with you. Sup, y'all? It's me, Wally, your favorite non-binary slime best friend on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at W-A-L-L-E-132, just generally talking about my thoughts and being your most enthusiastic pal on the internet. Wally, grand one-shot tradition. I have to ask oh. you a follow-up question. Oh. These are the rules. I didn't make them. James oh, okay. did. Which fantasy monster would you be most concerned about invading your city? I think we already discussed this on, yes, on your podcast. We did. But yes, 100% slime. I would not be... Well, no. Okay. Uh, that's the easy answer. Slime yes. is the easy answer. The one that, honestly, I think about a lot are giant frogs. <laughs> I, I think specifically yeah. giant toads. Because toads, like as normal creatures, will eat whatever is in front of them. No matter how big it is, they just stick it into their mouth and eat it. So just imagine that, but the size of like... A yeah, jumbo jet. You make jet. that a sedan. Yeah. You, a jumbo jet. Terrifying. Yeah. Like just, <laughs> but even longer. It's just hopping around, just like, just eating everything in his path. Oh, yeah. Definitely giant no, toads. I'm, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Okay. Can there be follow-up uh, questions to the follow-up questions? Because <laughs> I'd love to get into this toad thing. Marla, that is, no, that's, that's my show. This, is, this one is separate, separate entertainment venue. Uh, but I understand where many of your concerns come from. (laughs) (laughs) And just real quick, Wally, pronouns for the people? Oh, he, they are my pronouns. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, VJ, what are you doing? Hey, everybody. My name is VJ Harris. My pronouns are they, them, and he, him. And for anybody listening and not watching, I have an fake teeth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, there's nothing there yet, and TikTok under VJH Creations. I do tabletop role-playing design and just educate about stuff in the space. Okay, I'm gonna have to ask you to get to take the <laughs> teeth out because it's VJH Creations, and the H did not carry at all. <laughs> yeah, VJH Creations. If they yep. can't find you, I will be disappointed. <laughs> Thanks for looking out, VJ. What what fantasy monster would you be most worried about invading your city? Dylan, I'm pretty sure you already know the answer to this. Mind flayers, <laughs> mm. <laughs> literal mind flayers. They're the best and worst monster in the game. Absolutely. Honestly. I'd just lay down and, and just be a thrall, let them eat my brain, because I'm not living through that. Like, that's, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a win. One mind player in the city is dangerous enough, an invasion is an apocalypse. It's over. VJ, did you mention pronouns? They, them, and he, him. Thank you. Orla. Hi, I'm Orla. You can find me on Twitter at, at NaturallyOrla, where if I'm not talking about D&D or writing things, I'm probably talking about trees and or bees and or moss which you know kind of covers my bases for the main food groups and my friends are the moment i told orla that 
that we wouldn't allow follow-up questions. <laughs> she knew she could just slide stuff in there. Yeah. But I'll stick to the rules. Orla, what monster are you worried about invading? Well, in some ways, this follow-up question is a follow-up question to what I just said, because the, the answer, and controversially perhaps, because they're, they're not actually evil aligned in D&D, is uh, Mykonids. Oh, yeah. Because fungi, in real life, we don't know what that is. It's not a plant. It's, it's not an animal. What are they doing? What do they want? You can't trust them. You should eat more mushrooms. I work in ecology. They're healthy, and I, I couldn't tell you what a mushroom But because we shouldn't is. let them be out there. You know? It's just safer to have them eaten. And last but certainly not least, Haley, how you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. My name is Haley, Haley Whipjack. You can find me multiple places on the internet. You can find me on TikTok at Whipjack, W-H-I-P-Jack, or Twitter at Whippedjack, W-H-I-P-P-E-D-Jack. And you can also find me every Monday on the podcast Unprepared Casters. If you want to listen to me play and or Dungeon Master some Dungeons and Dragons. It is a lovely podcast. Thank you should you. check it out after you finish listening to this one. But finish listening to this <laughs> one first. You got to finish things before you start new things. It's important. Pronouns? Pronouns are such an adventure. Lately, I've just been telling everyone they can call me whatever they want and I won't get mad. Most people go with she and her for me because of how I sound and look. And that I won't get offended, I promise. But that I works. don't have a preference currently. That's... Entirely respectable. <laughs> Last one. What monster are you worried about invading your city? You guys all said D&D monsters, but when you said fantasy, all I could think about was Tribbles, because I've been <laughs> way back in my Star Trek phase lately. <laughs> and I just think a whole city full of little puffballs would be really difficult to navigate more than anything else. Everyone else, <laughs> mortal concerns, <laughs> Bailey. Can I get on the bus this week? Can I go I'm to worried work about today? the trains. <laughs> Can I go to work today? There's a bit of a triple in flux. I'm gonna go I'll call out. She worked from home at that point, you know? Yeah, I can't make it in. There was a triple on the track. <laughs> we just... Like, it was just so cute. We couldn't just go. No, you couldn't just send them all away. They're adorable. Yeah. You always keep just one. That's your issue. Yeah. And as I mentioned... My name is Dylan. I am one of the hosts of the podcast Kill Every Monster. You can find that wherever good podcasts are sold and also probably where bad podcasts are sold. You can find me on Twitter, either at KEM Podcast for the show or at DJ Malenfant. My pronouns are he, him. So, as I mentioned, we're playing Havoc Brigade. Havoc Brigade is an appropriately named game. You are all going to be playing, air quotes, orcs for a specific case that we will get to later, where after being pushed out of, you know, your lands, we're going for revenge. You are being sent into human cities to destabilize them pre-reinvasion. Rules are pretty simple. You're going to roll a d6 to try to accomplish something and try to roll over the dc, I'm going to tell you. You have a whole bunch of stuff on your character sheet, skills, equipment, drives, and then a couple weird extra buttons you can push. If you have a skill that applies to things, you can apply one skill to a roll. It'll add a d6. If you've got a piece of equipment, they are all limited use, but anytime you use it, you get an extra d6. If your drive, the thing that motivates your character, applies to the situation, you get plus two. If one of your allies comes up with a cunning plan, there are very few G's in this game, but it's also supposed to be in like a Cockney accent, and out of respect for the UK, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm actually deeply offended by you expressing any respect for the UK, so I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Out of respect for my friends in the UK <laughs> and nice. general animosity for my nominal head of state. So if one of your allies proposes a cunning plan and you act on it, you get to add an extra two dice. After that, your last two things are if you take an action and fail... You all have the ability to, I think, twice in the game, declare someone's course of action to be dead good. Should have worked, and they get to re-roll it. The last option is mayhem. Basically, as you act and as you draw attention to yourself, the difficulty for all of your actions is going to go up as the city starts to react to the fact that there are many orcs here and they are causing problems. Those will give me dice. You can choose to declare your action to be mayhem, at which point, instead of me rolling the suspicion die... You roll all of the suspicion dice, and just generally, mathematically, you win. 
Like, there is no way that you will roll low on that roll, and whatever chaos you cause will almost guaranteed succeed, and it will reset suspicion in the area as everything has essentially just burst into flames. And everybody has to figure out what is going on in the first place before we can resume responding. So, we are in a war camp on the outside of the city of Friedberg. Essentially, the the orcs used to inhabit a great deal of plains and forest lands and were generally forced north. All of the clans were pushed into the mountains at the north end of the continent, which is unnamed because I don't want to. At that point, when you just have a hundred clans in the same location, essentially, they were forced to amalgamate. And eventually, the great war chief Skull Smasher emerged and he united the orcish clans. And the decision was made that mountains suck and cold is bad. We're taking it back. And the march south began. Now, one of Skull Smasher's great innovations was, in fact, you, the Havoc Brigades. Before invading a city, he would simply find some orcs and give them a mission. And if the mission succeeds, great. And if it doesn't, it will fail spectacularly and in the general vein of arson at which point invading the city gets easier. So, we are maybe a year or two into this campaign. This is a system that has been invoked over and over again. You are out in a nearby forest in a lumberyard that you essentially just overwhelmed, forced all of the loggers out, and took over this really nice kind of shielded clearing and put up all of your... Uh, your equipment. There are be people from the Copper Clan who are working on weird little tinkering projects. Uh, the Iron Clan armorers are out trying to get weapons and protective equipment built up. The goblins are just everywhere. Just a plague on the camp, but damn if they're not useful. And there are a couple large trees toward the back. You've been here for two or so weeks, and there are some larger trees that have had the bark stripped and have been spored, and slowly the mushrooms from which orcs spawn are growing to reinforce you in this coming invasion. Where are you when the horn that calls for assembly sounds? So we're going to start off with you, Wally. You want to introduce yourself? Tell us what you're up to? Okay, so you see an orc, a member of the, of the Copper Clan. Their name is Wrench. You see that this orc is currently, like, knee, like, not even knee deep. He's, like, shoulder deep inside of a big old, like, piece of machinery, welding a welding mask over, over their face as they're just working away at some kind of machinery, just, like, tinkering away, like, welding pieces, bits and pieces together, throws the welding torch away to the side, grabs something, and starts cranking it in with a ratchet. And when the horn goes off signaling for a meeting they look up pull the little welding mask up and underneath the welding mask is another welding mask <laughs> and they toss this first welding mask to the side and they're like today was supposed to be the day when i finally had time to finish my experiment <sighs> soon my liebchen soon we will put you to work but today, Papa must go to work. And he hops out of the machinery and heads over to the uh, to the meeting. Oh, phenomenal. Oh, and they have a gigantic God. robotic hand. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, what what else would he have? No, yeah, of course. Okay, VJ. Sitting by himself off in a corner, writing in an old haggard, falling apart book that's bound in some type of leather, questionable leather. Um, <laughs> is this is this is this kind of short and kind of squat orc with this giant ass long can I cuss on here? Yeah. Okay. With this giant <laughs> ass sword at his side. And it's got kind of like one of those old pilgrimy looking hats. You know, with yep. the like little half crescent moon on it and like these large tusks coming out of either side. I will sing his praise throughout the streets when we are caught. Before we are caught, it's time. All must know of the Great One. And then hears it and and then pockets the book, picks up the sword and starts like humming something that it just sounds like in the 
In the name of Bog Al Karak. <laughs> and Profanius marches through. I don't even know if it's a marcher at this point, like just a happy saunter towards the meeting. Haley? The ox misses the first horn blow because off to the side of the camp is one of the biggest guys here, fully covered in like plate metal, just swinging a sword into trees and yelling about it. <laughs> just <laughs> running, yeah, running into like shouldering. Just is this practice? Is this a task you were assigned, <laughs> or is this entertainment? You know what is practice if not entertainment for the mind and soul? I mean, boring usually. Well, <laughs> you just don't. You have to love what you do. You have to love what you do, and the ox loves what she does, which is running into trees and yelling really loud, and practicing. You know, not feeling the pain. When you hear that deep, resonant note, you know that you are possibly days away from being able to replace those trees with people. Yes! I run over. Fantastic. And Orla. Look, it would be easy to say, so what you see approaching the hall is six goblins in a trench coat. But it wouldn't be entirely accurate. Because only four of them are wearing the coat at any given time, but they are in constant motion. At any given moment, two of them have scurried ahead or behind to keep the whole thing upright. One of them that appears, you know, every now and again in the cycle, appears to be vibrating and buzzing slightly. Not sure what that's about, but then they disappear back into the shuffle. And, and they, so they move along sort of a bit like a, as though they're, they're a conveyor belt. And that's part of the motion that propels the coat forward. It's a bucket brigade moving the a trench coat forward. Pretty much, yeah. I love it. I love it. So as the goblins sort of come to a stop is, I suppose, the gentlest way to put it. Arrest the momentum and then repile after they've fallen <laughs> near the back of the crowd. The great warlord Skull Smasher's representative in the camp, uh, Lieutenant Gorn Grisselmaw, comes up to the front. He waits, nothing quiets, just constant screaming and cheering. Enough! Good. We have received information. Oh, fine. The, the human general, the prince, is to merge his army with another city's. At this point, he will receive a promotion. He will be made king. We need this merger ceremony to complete. At this point, we will be taking the king. Orcish succession is generally a matter of trial by combat, but the most important part is really beheading the guy. There is an underlying assumption that human cultures work the same way. This is something that has been attempted several times, and the humans don't seem to get it, but we're certain that, like, if we do it enough times, it'll be fine. Grisselma looks at this. When the ceremony is complete, seize the king and bring him to me, at which point I will behead him, and then I will become the king, and we will no longer need to invade. The humans will recognize my authority, and they will bow, and the city will be taken in the name of the great warlord Skull Smasher. I need volunteers. Who will? Immediately, just at the back of the group, <laughs> Profanius. <laughs> okay. The goblins okay, start good. making fun of Profanius by like doing a little imitation, and accidentally also will put their hands up. <laughs> Good, yes, back up, good, the goblins. You, not, he just like, immediately upon him saying the goblins, anyone not in the trench coat just shifts back. There's suddenly a three foot radius where goblins no longer exist, isolating you six. Lovely. He looks, says, entering the gates will be difficult. Do we have a copper clan representative? Yes, 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 every copper clan representative amongst you all. Of Good. course, the Copper Clan with our supreme intelligence will <laughs> be there to help you out in your campaign. Phenomenal. The Iron Clan will simply break the gate. Well, if you want to be technical about it, I suppose. <laughs> Long pause. Uh, the Ox? Hi. Um, Hello. Yes. Good. This is... We love your work. 
Thank you. I just want to reinforce this. Uh, the king does have to come back. And also, I need... We can't His head interrupt. needs to be attached for you. Yes. Yes. Good. And we, we can't interrupt the actual... The two, the two armies must first merge before you... You can't interrupt that, right? I understand. I think. Uh, <laughs> Air Chief, Air Chief, question. Yes? If something did happen that the head was accidentally separated from the body, would, uh, would a solution be to put the head in a jar and mm. keep it alive with, uh, with a certain amount of electrical force to be applied to it to keep the head alive and preserved in a jar of embalming fluid? Would that be suitable for your needs? That makes sense mm. to me. That sounds good. Now, the trouble is, succession comes through the right of beheading, at which point, I think we could... I have to consult <laughs> with... This is a very philosophical question, and I'm not certain that I'm immediately qualified to address it. But in a worst-case scenario, I simply need to know which of you beheaded him, and then I'll, I'll, I'll behead you, and it'll... Transitive, you know? <laughs> Whoever beheaded him will be the you king. You could and not I'll behead, behead the ox! Ox? <laughs> Do not, please, please do not behead the king or the prince who will be the king. Please, listen. Heads Theodore. will stay on shoulders. His name, his name is Theodore. Please do not behead Theodore. Heads will stay on shoulders. What if I behead him and I put the heads back on the body and pretend no one noticed? <laughs> the one if true no God will notice. <laughs> It's only but God. It is science. If Wrench beheads him, can I behead Wrench? Then you get beheaded. But wait, what if we sew Why? the head back on? See, that is what I ask. I've asked if we, if we behead someone. <laughs> no, you say put it in a jar. That's but I, I believe I could follow up. Not like a jar is not a neck. So like a like jar. I feel like I can. Nope, enough. Step one. Enter the city. Please, please. The best, the best effort you can give me. Just bring him back intact and get out quickly, please. Question, question. Y yes. Question. What about feet? Which, which feet are not important to the right of succession. Feet. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> there is a general wave through the crowd of, yeah, okay, cool. And then they, the words catch up. There is just a moment of, what? No. Don't ask. Don't, you never question the goblins. Just Good. We have a map of the city prepared in one of our planning tents. Develop your plan. And then please, the head of the king. Again, attached to the body of the king with or without feet. But all still breathing. Uh, one more question before we, oh, God. Before we go. What if, now, this is, this is just oh, hypothet hypothetically, hypothetically, <laughs> Yes. If we accidentally chop off the head of the prince and the king, yeah? And then after that, yes. what if, what if, now, this is hypothetically, mm -hmm. what if yes. we then take the heads of the king, put it on the prince's body, and create our own gestalt king that we could use to rule as our puppet? Hello heroes, and welcome to the midroll. Heroes, today I want to take this midroll time to just do a shout out for someone who is a very big help to the OneShot Network. That person is Megan Dornbrock. You may know Meg from her work on the Modifier podcast, but Meg is also a, an extremely talented graphical designer, an extremely talented web designer, and she is helping us redo the OneShot website. That's right, the entire site is getting a visual and back-end overhaul, and Meg has been absolutely key to doing that. Now, we're in the testing phases, so we still have some things to work out, but I would say in the next month or so, you're going to see a refreshed look for OneShotPodcast.com. It's been a long time coming, we're extremely excited about it, and Meg has been invaluable in this process. So, if you've never listened to Modifier, the whole backlog is available on the website or wherever you get your podcasts, and... Thanks, Meg. Now, let's get back to the show.
So I, I'm seeing that that we've had a miscommunication. Uh, when the when the when the armies are joined, the prince will become. This is one dude. Oh, but but I'm saying it is is it a possibility? No, I, that's less feet to go around. <laughs> one dude. Well, you can't. You can't. Like, if you can reattach the head and bring him back to life, that's, I guess... No, that's easy for I just, me. I feel that's, that's, just, that's just a Tuesday for me, it feels like. Philosophically speaking, there is the one... a pile leaning up against a wall of just various creatures with their heads reattached. <laughs> they occasionally move a little. None of them are moving, right? The... Tuesdays have been mixed bags. <laughs> There's one This is like... A two-headed horse. You know, it wasn't a clean cut. You couldn't like the other, you couldn't put it back on the body. But we had a spare horse body, and it, yeah, it already had a head. But we could we can make it go. It's fine. You really, you kind of the way you described it, Dylan. You made it sound like one horse head, two horse head, but like two horse bodies, as opposed to a two-headed horse. Those are two very different things. But yeah, you know, it's the worst thing. One I head, think. two bodies. Yeah. It's very the worst thing. One body, two heads. Yeah, but we had three horses, so we got to try both systems. <laughs> Trial and error. Yeah, you never know what's going to work, and it's hey, important to experiment in science. No, you'd need so three horses because the there'd be three. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You turn three horses yeah, into two horses. Can... <laughs> <laughs> We're consolidating. <laughs> One of them is smarter now, and the other one is better at pulling because so more strong. legs. So strong, yes. <laughs> Twice as strong. Twice as many feet. That's how it works, it's science. Do you Listen. S- do you still say feet when it's a horse? That feels wrong. <laughs> like if you hand somebody a horse hoof and you say it's a horse foot, that doesn't feel right to me. Technically, their whole legs are fingers. So true. It's you just hand them a whole leg and say it's a horse finger. Now, I do... I, I acknowledge the truth of what is being said, but also we're gonna we're gonna move on past. <laughs> also, it. you need us to stop saying. <laughs> you need us to stop talking about combining horses. Why? Okay. <laughs> Full disclosure: I'm a physicist. I don't know how horses work, and I can't say that I care. <laughs> Every species that isn't people is only relevant for its petability, and horses are minimally petable because they don't fit in apartments. Incorrect. <laughs> Tiny nope, horses. not starting again. <laughs> Just the head went pretty well. The meeting sort of dissipates <laughs> after like a series of quick back and forth questions on the philosophy of reattaching the head of the king slash prince to various bodies and the efficacy of this in terms of the rights of succession. The sort of conclave is dismissed. Bits of the Copper Clan go back to their work. Wrench, your assistant, basically... You give the instructions for, like, how to shut down the current build, leave it kind of in standby, I'll get to it when I get back. And you are led to the planning tent, so I'm going to share this map. You are all camped out to the northeast of the city. The closest gate in the city is the Grey Gate, leads to the Grey District, named creatively because humans are great at stuff. One of the immediate things you're told by the uh the general in charge of he he calls himself a sergeant he's never actually been given a military rank sergeant starts going over the map with you and tells you the gray gate is going to lead through the garrison district it's one of the most direct routes to the great palace from where we start the human army will be strong there if you go around basically to the northwest corner you can pass through glitter gate Glittergate will lead you through the normish gnomish quarter the dwarven district tin street many many metal things now historically orcs as as a people have had some issues with the gnomes and the dwarves and you know it's debatable whose fault those problems were people were beheaded kingships were usurped kingships were reusurped more people were beheaded it's a whole thing it should not be horribly reinforced but at the same time there may be some uh some difficulties sneaking if you choose to take that tact. Gablegate in the southeast will lead you directly to the Cathedral of Solus, where we know that the succession ceremony is going to take place, where the two armies will be merged and the prince will be promoted. It is also, again, going to be heavily guarded. And over in the last corner, we have Sparrowgate. 
which leads through what the humans describe as the entertainment district. It has the zoo and the plaza of flowers. Generally, the procession for the wedding, the guests will probably be coming in through Glittergate. They'll pass through those districts, and they'll pass through the entertainment district on their way to the cathedral. This could provide a useful opportunity if used. And then as he's in the middle of describing the possibility of an infiltration of this and how it could be useful if you're treating it delicately, eyes pass over Profanius holding a troubling leather book, a series of goblins in a trench coat, a very tall orc in hundreds of pounds of metal, and wrench. (laughs) And the sentence just starts to die off on his lips. The one true god, in his great wisdom, Bog al-Karak, has shown his truth to humans. So, there are some cults in here that may be able to help us. This is, this is true. The humans are strange and will worship essentially any god out of convenience. One true god. Y- yes, yes. Bog al-Karak is the one true god and the only correct one. But the, I'm saying the humans, they do, they do the cult thing all the time. They're weird about it. Elves worship elven gods, orcs worship orcish gods. Those are not gods. Elves worship elven demons masquerading (laughs) as false deities to corrupt and influence the world. Orcs worship the the one true orcish god, and humans will worship the nearest, nearest object. Yes. Okay, good. And there's like the long pause of just like, is there, is there going to be another? Okay. Good, yes. If you can make use of the human cultists, the human, the, the correct human worshippers, yes. then, then I'm certain that that could be helpful. Yes. My understanding is that they're relatively well distributed, but largely they'll be off in the Warrens close to Glittergate and sometimes down in the south end of the city. Yes. So at this point, we're just going to leave it to the table. How do you guys want to approach this? <clears throat> if I... if. If I may, uh, Herr Vortif, bring up a wonderful plan on why, why my plan to invade yes. the city is the best. Lights! And you see, like, a possum with a pigeon <laughs> wing on one side and a chimpanzee arm pull a crank. And a spotlight shines down on Wrench. And Wrench is now wearing a turtleneck and little tiny glasses. What do we want what in is- our life? One, we want power. Anyone can have power. We are orcs. We are mighty. We are, are we strong. We are, to... we are blessed with power. Yeah? Ox, are we I'm not going to address... The, I'm, I'm looking at you in the crowd, Ox. We are best with powers, yeah? Now, but what do we desire? Yes? We desire speed. Here is my proposal. We enter through the Glitter Gate. The Glitter Gate is known for Gnomish technology. Gnomish technology has the things we need to turn our Vorcrafts into speedy Vorcrafts. Crafts capable of going at speeds no one could comprehend. Now, <laughs> it is my suggestion we enter through the Glitter Gate. We obtain as much technology as we can we can grab with our tiny little hands. In Ox's case, they're very large hands. And we utilize it for our own efforts. The effort being to capture the king and behead him. Thank you for thank you for coming to my wrench talk. Sergeant just puts kind of a finger up. It's just I, I can. Your mission is not to behead. The king, just as a, I want to make sure we're, hundred percent on. Oh, that yes, one. yes, yes, yes. This is this more just in case accidentally. Okay, as I said, yeah. accidentally, if we be has the king, yeah. And we're just not going to address, the abomination. <laughs> oh, you mean Richard? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean Richard. All living beings are true beings under the eyes of the one true God. I would need to run some checks to ensure that that is in fact a living being. I. What is your definition of living? Breathing? Oh, God. Uh, No, it's not living. (laughs) Stinky Pete's been holding his breath for like four days. He's still alive. (laughs) One of the arms moves a little bit. (laughs) 
Actually, let's let's take this quick aside. Uh, Orla, would you like to introduce your various constituents? Something important to note for for the listening audience: all orcs have, I believe, uh, five hit points. Goblins don't. If it if it would damage an orc, it'll outright kill a goblin. So rather than hit points, goblins have goblins. Orla, please introduce your hit points. Uh, yeah. So we got goblet is doing a lot of the talking. We got snot, there's, there's bang, brain, stab, sometimes called stabby, affectionately by his friends, of which he has known. And then there's, you know, people get those ironic nicknames. Like, there'll be a really big guy, it'll be called, like, Wee John or something. Yeah. Yeah, Stinky Pete's not like that. <laughs> okay, good. Yep. So, those are all at risk the entire game. Keep those names in mind, people. We're gonna kill some of them. <laughs> I mean, you already decided Stinky Pete doesn't count, so. Well, yeah, it's Sticky Pete's already not alive because he doesn't breathe often enough. That's a true scientific fact, as established by Wrench, our current scientific authority. So, does anyone have another pitch they want to level for how we're coming at this uh, situation? Or are we going with the... Yep, BJ. Yes. We could go through the Sparrow Gate, break, all, break out all of the animals in the zoo, and use them as a distraction. And then proceed... To cause mayhem. But if I can, in the no, name no, of the no, one true God. You said we should absolutely do that. We should absolutely do that. There is that. a zoo. No, 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 yes. There's a zoo. There's yes, a zoo. that's Sparrow a zoo. And the goblins uh, also yeah. vote for the zoo. <laughs> Wait, as, as Wrench is like saying, let's go to the zoo. Yeah. Rufanius looks over at the not alive being and looks back at Wrench. <laughs> we, the zoo. We break, we break the zoo out. I will ride a lion to the prince king. And cut off his feet. <laughs> Acceptable. Yay! This is within mission parameters. Yes! <laughs> the goblins support this plan, but also what's a zoo? <laughs> it's where they keep animals in cages. It's where they keep the the best parts. Oh, so like... Um, Just parts? <laughs> like an abattoir. <laughs> yes, and cute fluffy animals too, but the best parts are there. Because of the... Those, those ones taste the we best. We should brush over this. <laughs> those ones taste the best, though, so it's probably fine. I'm going to ride a lion. All right. Then, folks, let's begin our grand mission. Phase one, the approach. Basically, every area is going to have a base level of suspicion. I am normally supposed to roll against you, but for streamlining things, I'm just going to set the difficulty at three for every die that I should roll. You can all roll as many d6s as you like, and I'm just going to keep it uh, dead simple. So, our base level of suspicion for the fields is two. I want you to tell me, because you're going to have to traverse around the entire outside of the city. You're going to the opposite corner to come in near to the zoo, which is, again, where the best parts are. <laughs> awful <laughs> but at the same time such a wild statement that it's it's gonna stick with me i'm gonna be talking to my partner and we're gonna drive past something oh there's a zoo over there and the first thought through my head is gonna be yeah that's where all the best parts are i think this is an appropriate juncture to explain that the top that i'm wearing which obviously the listening audience can't see which just says necromancy it's called recycling <laughs> very topical yeah that's, oh my god, this is a game that's going directions. So, how do you want to basically approach the city? You're going to have to come wide around, and you're probably going to be passing through some farmland that is populated. May I propose the... this plan? Please. Okay. So, they needed to be sneaky to get up to the Sparrow Gate. Yes. They're aware there's farmland, right? Yes. Okay. Can Wrench build a Trojan cow that they all hide in? But there's a thing is, though. It's a cybernetic cow that he pretty much taxidermized into this Trojan cow. So it's a cow taxidermy with little wheels on the bottom of it. But so this is... How will we fit inside? That's the the magic part about it. Ox is the cart. 
okay. <laughs> I'm not entirely clear on how the cow factors. So my understanding is what your proposition is, is basically plate ox in wood so yes. that they look like a cart. Yes. Okay, cool. Same page so far. <laughs> then the cart needs to be pulled, of course. Yes. So we need a cow to do that, which is, of course, the traditional pulling a cart animal. <laughs> right. Yeah. So to get around this, rather than disguising anyone in the party as a cow, we're going to build a cyborg cow. Yes. Then we're going to hollow out a real cow that's also got cybernetic parts. Yes. So we're okay. piloting a cow that's slightly bigger than usual, so it may not cause some alarm. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So here's what I want to know. First... Is this a plan that you are executing in stages? Is this something where we're going to go retrieve a cow and I can, like, we build into this? Or is this something where you think that Wrench has the parts immediately available and you want to just straight in attempt this oh, build? Oh, he is attempting this build using whatever parts he has to make something that looks like a cow. And to all listeners at home, I am using quotation marks to, to describe cow. Okay. All right. I feel like this is an abuse of the fact that the difficulty is going to start off low and go higher, <laughs> which is half of why I'm entirely happy to allow it. Molly, we're going to start you off with the base level of a D6 for trying a thing. Okay. Do you have a skill that you're using to build a abomination against No one's stuff about machines. Close enough. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. So... That's two dice. Do you have any equipment that you're going to be invoking? I'm going to be using my big old bag of heavy tools. That's fair. Okay, mark off a use of your bag of heavy tools. Does, uh, and then does the goblin skill for hiding come into play at all here? Is it that will likely element? come in? That will come in later because right now we are just creating this system, and you're going to have to get it past the guards at the gate. At which point, yes, the the goblin's propensity for hiding will likely be invoked in some capacity. Is there anything else you want to pull in here? The, do you have a drive that applies or any other equipment? You can add as much equipment to this as you think applies. Definitely to gonna use use my welding torch also. Okay, so you are up to 46, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. All right. Um, can and I then... give the blessing of the one true God? That's not actually anything. He'll just say, you're blessed. Absolutely. That mechanically has no effect, but also that is essentially what dead good is supposed to be. If he fails this, if Wally fails this roll, you can let them re-roll if you think this was the path of the one true god. <laughs> Which also, I think, demonstrates that this is not the one true god. <laughs> because no just or loving god would allow this kind of shit to Who go down. Who said the one true god was just or loving? I just That's said he was the one true god. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yep. Hey, just because I'm the GM doesn't mean I'm not wrong sometimes. <laughs> Wally, okay. make the roll. Show the people the magic. You're rolling against a six. Against a six? So how much do I do? Add them all up or yep. ten points? Ten total? Yeah. That's a, that is a success. So you have essentially one of your lab assistants just trying to bolt boards onto Ox's armor. Uh, Haley, I have to ask, does the Ox take off the armor to allow this procedure to happen? No. No, okay. I hold it in place over the armor, and they... <laughs> yeah, this is a bit of a rickety job, because it is armor that is on a person. Yeah. And also, everyone, everyone is kind of afraid of the ox. <laughs> I'm very personable and easy to get along with. Thank you. You know what's funny about this? Is that we'd established earlier that we had a bunch of horses. <laughs> I think we should also use air quotes on horses, but yes. Yeah. Right. Horses. Horse mm. bits. Horse, yeah. horse bits. Mm. Hor Horseish. <laughs> and we just see byproducts. <laughs> from the far side of sort of a, a, a curtain. Just to protect everybody else from the glaring light of welding. There is these bright flashes, the shadow of a cow and wrench occasionally cackling and then occasionally just kind of low and mournful it does not at any point in the construction process stop mooing eventually the curtain is pulled back wally please 
Describe your creation. I pull back the curtain, and what you see is just this abomination of a cow. Of a cow, to use the term loosely, it's it's like a regular black and white spotted cow, but it's the size of a moose. Um, because he used. Well, the, it's got to be able to fit the orcs yeah, in it. Because guys. he used the body of a moose and just painted it black and white. <laughs> Why was it mooing the whole time? <laughs> because that's where the cow's voice box is at, Dylan. Get on Obviously. the beach. <laughs> Sorry. Cannot believe you're questioning wrench like this. <laughs> and by and, and by cow voice box is one of those like cow toys that's just when you turn it upside down. <laughs> it makes that voice. Um, it's just a little switch on the side of the neck. Yeah. <laughs> you just use to turn it. And it just turns upside down, making the moon noise. Um, but yeah, it's this abomination of like a, a cow. And it looks like a, like a cow, but the size of a moose with the head of a horse that has a two tiny little sticks attached to it. Because he forgot that female cows don't have horns. But he put them there anyway, because, you know, why not? And there yep. is no nope, uh, that checks out. Yeah, and uh, it's attached, and there's like these little tiny rungs to the side of it that could be attached to the cart. But what no one knows is there is a little secret button that he put in there that says "Nitros for going fast." This episode of One Shot features music from the following artists: "Aggressive Tendencies" by Rhythm Scott. Valhalla and Pinpuller by Thor, Slayer by Kimchi, and Hot Sauce by Bobo Renfley. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online anywhere at The Other Tracy. That's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with part two of Havoc Brigade. In the universe of Star Wall Odyssey, space is made out of the collective imaginations of all the thinking beings who live on various planets. These worlds are connected to each other through imagination. Common themes and ideas are strings between universes. And to get between them, people fly wooden ships that look like animals, which are powered by emotions. Also, people communicate with each other by contemplating orbs. The only way you can take pictures is getting stared at by a big psychic bug. And people have already declared victory in a war over the very concept of evil. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Starwall Odyssey follows the adventures of the hapless inhabitants of the Lucky Finn Tenement Building, who suddenly find that their apartment is actually a spaceship, and that they're lost in a sea of boundless imagination. It's an actual play starring me, James D'Amato, Mel D'Amato, Ali Grauer, and Drew Merzieski, as we playtest the No Kings system, which will hopefully one day be the Skyjacks role-playing system. It toes the line between weird and wonderful slice of life and high-flying space fantasy. You can sample the first five episodes by searching for Starwall Odyssey on your favorite podcast app, or get the whole thing by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more. As always, we end One Shot with a call to action. And heroes, this time I'm going to talk about local politics. Now, especially in light of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and leave it in the hands of the states, acting locally is more important than ever. So I know that I talk about five calls and how to call your representatives at the national level, but you can also use five calls to look up your state representatives. In fact, more than that, you should be looking up the phone numbers and information for your local representatives, your city council, your mayor. Acting on a local level is a way to really affect change in a way that directly impacts your life and the lives of those around you. It's challenging, I know, but if you can, show up for meetings. A lot of city council meetings are broadcast online locally. You may be in a locality where your vote literally matters. I know in a state like New Hampshire, a lot of places, it is up to every single person in the town to vote on the things that affect all of town policy from from school budgets on up. So get involved locally, find people who are already organizing, get connected with them and see what kind of impact you can make. Thanks heroes.
If you enjoyed this show, you should check out some other shows on the One Shot Podcast Network. Shows like Modifier. Modifier is an interview show hosted by Megan Dornbrock, all about why and how people change games. From the hobbyist to the professional, from house rules to publication, we all have in mind a better way to play. What's yours? As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.